1: Let's go Welcome to Citizen, we've got a very special guest today Patrick Montgomery from Casey Cattle Company, how's it going man?
2: Good, how you doing Dan?
1: I'm living the dream, a little tired, but you know, what are you going to do? Always tired, uh, yeah. but not like Postman, I'm not going to get any face tattoos To <laughs> let everybody know how tired I am seems like a bit of a reach doesn't it? um so you're uh tell me about yourself your background in the military and everything and in uh, private business
2: yeah um so graduated high school in 2008 did a year of college uh, doing an ROTC program up at Northwest Missouri State University decided I didn't want to be an officer so I dropped out enlisted in the army um, went to the 75th range Regiment, and did a couple of deployments with them, uh, got out, went back to school to, uh, become a veterinarian, decided I didn't want to do that. So I, I got an undergrad in animal science and I put together the business plan for Casey cattle company. Um, went and did my MBA scaled up this company and, uh, it's been a lot of fun since then. So that would have been 30 seconds or less version of my adult life.
1: <laughs> um, tell me about the company.
2: Yeah. Um, so Casey Cattle Company was kind of it was founded on the premise of like there's this huge gap between people in this country that consume food and the people that produce food. Mm-hmm. I don't come from an ag background, so I kind of had this uh, foresight to, to see the disconnect there and put together a business plan that did something about it. Uh, a big portion of that was serving a product. Uh, that you could tell palatable difference in because the big thing is, is when you're producing on a small scale it's going to be more expensive so i was like well how can i produce on a small scale and make sure that it tastes uh, way better than what you get at the grocery store uh, and so the the cure for that was wagyu beef which nobody knew what the hell that was um in 2016 when i started the company
1: yeah and uh so you guys what what all facets of this are you engaged in um, from you know raising the cattle to actually mailing it out
2: yeah, so I'm sitting here on uh, 420 acres in Weston. Uh, we have about 200 head of cattle on this property. Uh, that doesn't produce everything we kill, but we do work with um, other producers in the, the Midwest here that that help us with that need um, and practice similar husbandry practices as us. Um, so we, we own from mama cow to calf, to a fed out steer to harvest Um, We don't own the processing side of that yet. Uh, And then we own the meat and shipping.
1: And how's that been? I mean, just with, you know, I I guess you're kind of um, the industry for direct-to-consumer meat has kind of been established over the last five to seven years or so. Um, It kind of started here in Texas and then California, particularly central and northern California with um, like meat co-ops and things like that in the early yeah. days, but now it's like there's there's a bunch of companies where you just log on and buy some flash frozen meat.
2: Yeah. Uh it's been it's been a wild ride. Uh right before the pandemic kicked off, uh it would have been August of twenty nineteen. We had a viral article about our hot dogs, proclaiming they're the best in the world. Um, you know, just for reference, we had one and a half people working at the company at that point, And we had twelve thousand orders roll in overnight. Um and that's kind of what put us on the map. And then we rolled straight into the pandemic. Um, which was absolutely insane uh, when people can't find protein at their grocery stores they went online. Um, and so we spent a lot of time scaling in 2020 and the, the beginning of portions of 2021. Um, but what we've seen since then is inflation's really kind of hit us in the mouth. and then that paired with a, a ton of other people realized that, hey, I need to I need to sell my meat online. So we're, we're competing against a lot more people than we were uh, three four years ago. Um, but that's okay.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, there, there are a lot of companies now that are doing this stuff. Yep. Um, Moink crowd cow. I mean, there's a lot yep. that are, and, and, and large companies. And one of the things I'm seeing recently is, um, that mm-hmm. a lot of people are getting into the Wagyu side of things. Um, yep. and you, you said that was just a, a more premium cut, I guess, um, or a more premium style of beef is a solution to some of the problems that that small business owners so so it almost makes sense to start as a boutique shop first before until you get like a good base of business right
2: yeah yeah i mean with, with Wagyu, it's a breed of cattle and uh it's actually two mutations within uh their genome that allows for all that intramuscular fat <clears throat> so if you're raising a, a solid product um you can really tell that difference versus what you buy at the store uh, which you know from what i saw at the point if you bought a steak from the farmers' market, you were paying about double, mm. uh, and sometimes you could tell the difference between what you bought at the grocery store, and sometimes you couldn't. Sure. So that, that was kind of my my big point of getting into the wagyu business, and nobody knew what the hell it was in 2016. Uh, it's really exploded since mm. then, and I think people have figured out it's here to stay because uh, they're sick of crappy meat quality.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, we we joke a lot. Um, my co-host on the Drinker Bros, Ross, um. He's a big olive garden fan. Ironically, I guess, but he's also super white trash. So he I I think deep down he actually likes it. But he always talks about like uh if you want a real estate, go to Texas Roadhouse. I'm like, "Yeah, that's not even a that's not even a prime cut at at nope. Texas Roadhouse. That's uh to be honest, that's steak that I would grind up and and do something else with. I would never yeah. use that as an actual steak."
2: Yep. No, you you're spot on there.
1: Although the
2: the soup and salad at uh Olive Garden's
1: not too bad. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's free, right? So, yeah, yeah that's but- free food is always good. Um, are- so, yeah, it's interesting just being able to start a company these days and, and all the forces working against you and, you know, finding a way to navigate through that whole process <laughs> is um, it's always I, I guess when I look at other people doing it, it's always kind of enlightening, you know, because. I right, we've got a, a bunch of businesses of our own and, you know, it's all self-funded. We've never taken money from anybody. Not yet. We would love to, but we just haven't because the deals didn't make sense and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> this is like the American dream is being able to carve out a business for yourself where you don't have a boss. Well, I mean, ultimately you want your boss to be the customer, right? I mean, that that's the right. best scenario to put yourself in because the feedback is going to be based on the quality of the product and the, and the, and the, you know, efficiency of production and all that stuff, not on some asshole's idea of what, you know, makes society better or whatever the fuck is going on these days.
2: Yeah, I know you're, uh, you're spot on, uh, starting a business these days is a lot tougher than I feel like it probably was 50 years ago. Mm. I wasn't alive, but I imagine it is, um, you know, there's just so many barriers to entry, especially on the agriculture side. Unless you, unless you were born and raised into that, Mm. it's really tough to get into. Um, which, it, you know, it's funny because, like, there's kind of this war on ag right now, especially on the beef side of the industry. And it's like, man, where do where do people think they're losing to come from if this, if this market evaporates, which, you know, we're on our way to doing. So,
1: Yeah, can you illuminate some of that stuff? I mean, I'm not an expert in it, but I do know that um, I, I, I see what you're talking about with the beef industry in particular and how it's kind of, I, I don't know why. It's demonized in favor of, like, plants and bugs and shit. And you know, uh, it my, my my take on it is probably that it's just uh, the aristocracy class and this idea of the king's deer that that kind of comes from you know old school uh, UK Britain whatever the fuck where it's like the good meat belongs to us you guys eat garbage you know because there's yeah. no the 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 science or or the the facts on the ground I guess as it were that. that beef is somehow or the raising and slaughtering of beef is somehow more damaging to the environment than just you know run-of-the-mill agriculture with plants and shit that's just not true right there's no evidence for that so i, I wonder what, what do you think about that
2: well i remember learning in when i was doing my animal science program you know when you go to school a little bit older you're afforded the opportunity if you actually care about what you're learning mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, how cattle are the number one methane producer um, in the world for animal species. Right. But number two is termites. So I'm like, all right. So we eliminate we eliminate cattle in the whole world. We get rid of our 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 main hemoglobin source uh, Mm. to sustain human life. And then uh, what's next? Like, how are we going to eradicate termites? And I would argue, although we hate to see them in our house, there's definitely a necessity for, for these animals. Right. And I also learned something else that's interesting is, uh, you know, there's a methane leak somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, I believe it's was Washington state. Um, I'm sure the inter- internet will correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a methane leak up there that went undiagnosed for almost a full year. And, you know, they've been keeping track of uh, cattle methane production for something like 20 years. Right. Uh, and that one year of that methane leak leaks more methane in the atmosphere than all of cattle production in 20 years. And it's like, man, we just got our, we don't necessarily have a cattle problem. We have a population problem in the world. And, um, you know, I I think there's better solutions than, than just getting rid of an entire industry.
1: Yeah. I mean, certainly considering the fact that it's none of the shit that they say is accurate or real, you know what I mean? Um, just with regard to, uh, we, we've been doing this for a long time, planting things and harvesting meat, uh, and, you know, in, in the past, it's been the methodology used by uh, Westerners in the United States has been a bit problematic. We we hunted the buffalo to extinction, basically, yeah. um, the American buffalo. But, you know, there's a, you don't run into a whole lot of people in this industry or people in the hunting industry anymore who aren't extremely fixated on conservation efforts. You know what I mean? Because the, one, it's they're current livelihood that's how they make money so the sustainability portion is a big factor but also you know we all want to stay alive and shit i think most people want to stay alive and you know eating food appears to be a big part of that
2: yeah yeah it is it is interesting i'm, I'm by no means an environmental expert and we see how the you know humans treat the world <laughs> littering is by far the one that pisses me off more than i mean anything right but even just like paying attention to the cattle market and the droughts that are going on, the, the question you ask yourself is like, how much of that is our involvement versus just the natural cycle of weather? Um, and the other portion is too, like, you know, these droughts we're seeing down in Texas, we're seeing the government and, you know, all this solar and uh, green energy money mm-hmm. coming in behind them. And they're signing 30 year leases on these huge ranches to do solar panels. And it's like, man, what I just don't think we're thinking this through as a country mm-hmm. right like uh, the beef industry whether you like the environmental impact or not um it, it's a necessity for a uh, quality of human life so yeah
1: i've been hearing from uh some people that have ranches cattle ranches in both um well from texas all the way up to missouri who are what they're telling me is they're trying to find or trying to breed uh, animals that are more, I guess, resistant, not resistant, but resilient against drought. I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you know anything about that? Yeah. So it's feed
2: efficiency, right? So, um, you know, um, animals even on our property can, can vary drastically. in the fact that some will consume, uh, it's one pound in they Mm. gain a pound others you're feeding them five, six pounds of feed. Um, and they're gaining a half a pound. So that feed efficiency is probably what they're referring to on just like really selecting the genetics that, that do that effectively. Um, because if they're eating less, it's less of an impact. You gotta, you know, during the winter, you're feeding them less hay during the spring, they're eating less grass, uh, those types of things.
1: Sure. And that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. So, um, you have to take kind of a holistic approach to this whole thing because the environment around you is what provides the the energy and, and resource for the cattle to grow in the fucking first place. Right. I mean, and then input costs, I sure. mean, input costs are input just going
2: through the roof these
1: last two years. Um, like what, what, what all costs are you seeing go up? So on the, on the actual meat side of the business,
2: we saw everything skyrocket in 2021. So from cardboard to dries, to gel packs, to um, our processing fees, those all went through the roof with labor costs and, and the supply chain shortages. And then, the last part of, well, all of 2022 is kind of more so the ag side of the business. So, um, with the war in Ukraine, you sell fertilizer, uh, go up by 12 X. You sure saw, right. um, gasoline has doubled. Um, your, the, the drought is costing hay prices to go almost double what they were two years ago. Um, and then corn and beans, which are your, your two
1: big feed items is, is triple what it was three years ago. Wow. Triple Jesus Christ. Um, so, as a company how much of that i obviously you can't absorb all that additional cost so how how much have your prices had to go up because of that yeah so we've raised prices um so all, in all of 2022
2: in the last part of 2021 we raised prices about 45 percent through five or six different price increases which has been painful because we've lost a lot of customers because of that
1: sure yeah um aside from just you know mitigating uh uh, inflation and whatever ways economists decide to do that or or whatever right uh what what kind of practical shit could anybody in any position do to you know kind of help out with this issue and from your perspective
2: i think think vertical integration is what makes the most sense for us but that's that's incredibly expensive so um, that's kind of something you mean you mean
1: having your own processing plan as well and shit like that
2: well, yeah, owning the entire process, but that takes scale, um, and none of this is cheap, and we're in an environment when, you know, interest is uh, the most expensive it's been in my lifetime, so um, it, it's 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 a tough problem to work through, but um, a lot of it comes down to just doing smarter and being bold and uh, believing in yourself and, um, you know, the, the cattle side's first, right, so we have about – we're producing – roughly half of what we need uh and now it's like all right we need to go out and find that other half and then we also need to figure out hey if we're scaling this thing drastically over the next five years um how do we plan that out because you know we're planning right now for four years in the future because that's essentially how long it takes to you know Make the relationships and, and mm-hmm. get the mom and cows pregnant, and then you have that calf, and then it's 22, 22 to twenty-six months from when that calf hits the floor to when you harvest it. So um yeah.
1: Have you thought about branching out into other cuts of meat and stuff as well? Or do you just I mean it's called mm-hmm. KC Cattle Company, so that Yeah. No,
2: we do we sell we sell chicken. We brought on mm-hmm. chicken last year and we brought on seafood. Seafood was total dud. I guess people don't want to buy um, seafood from a company that has no body of water. that sure, surrounds yeah. it. Well, wow, the Lake uh,
1: of the Ozarks is nearby. And that's a great show, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if there's uh, a lot of fish that I would eat in that lake though.
2: <laughs> I sure. would Um, but the, the chickens done well we by that from another veteran owned company on the, the West coast. Um, but as far as like actually raising the animals mm. uh we kind of have this motto of we want to get really good at what we do right now before we branch out into other things sure uh so good, idea, good idea fairy doesn't kill us
1: yeah for sure i mean look this sprawl i mean having to plan four years ahead and do a cap table with inflation going in and out and with uh, interest rates going up and down like this it's fucked man how do you even do that
2: Yeah. When the bank asked me for projections, I'm like, man, after the last three years, let me, let me, let me roll the dice on the table and (laughs) yes for you. So,
1: um, and you, you guys have any, um, uh, is it all online for you guys or do you supply stores and stuff like that as well?
2: No, we got in, we got into, we have one brick and mortar. We're opening one more this year here in Kansas city. We'll probably branch out of Kansas city with those here in the near future. Um, and then we do serve about 20 grocery stores in the Kansas city area.
1: Oh, what is it? Like price shoppers or something?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Price shoppers. Um, that's a good store. Yeah. Price shoppers. And we're, we're working on some bigger accounts. Mm-hmm. that would be Um, uh, but that, that probably won't happen until the end of this year.
1: Yeah. And you got to be able to make sure you have enough product too, for that kind of stuff. We're going through that with the seltzer right now as we expand, cause we're, we have paid for everything ourselves. Um, again, not taking any kind of capital investment really. So the expansion is slow moving at the moment, but, um, every, t- we, we get up next to these deals and they're like, yeah, we have a minimum of this much. We're like, Oh shit. Now we got to do some math if, make sure, cause we can't sign this deal and not fulfill it. Cause they're going to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get into a business with, uh with HEB and then have to be like, Hey guys, sorry, we're not, we yeah. don't have enough. Uh, cause that's not going to work out. Um, no, that's
2: definitely always a scary part. Yeah,
1: that's really interesting. Just the whole process. Uh, I don't know that people I, I, look, man. People have the good news is people have started paying more attention to what they're putting into their body. I think that's nice. Um, yeah. I, I personally wouldn't buy meat of any kind oh. from a grocery store unless, um, like here at H E B, they'll label the the farm or I am sorry, the rancher that it comes from. Sometimes, and I'll buy that if it's available because I know where it came from. But for the most part, man, all the weird shit, pesticides and hormones and things like that, it's kind of scary. You know, uh, there's a report today, actually, that uh, I read about the difference between similar products, mostly processed items, but similar products between uh, the United States and Europe. And Europe has a very long list of banned substances. It cannot be put into foods. And we don't have any of those. Like we just eat that shit on a regular basis. And, you know, I don't know what the, I, I should probably look into this and do some research, but what I do know is that in America, the average 21 year old today has 40% less testosterone in their body than a 21 year old in 2001. Um And there's probably a lot of reasons for that toxic exposure and shit like that, but Pro, one of the primary reasons has to be hormones and food, right? I mean, that's that would make yeah. sense. So yeah. we're we're fucking ourselves up pretty badly here. This seems like a pretty easy thing to fix too. Yeah.
2: It really does. And I, I'm like <clears throat> high fructose corn syrup is always the one that just gets me riled up. Like how, how we're still allowed to put that in, in, in things we serve in this country is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah,
1: me. isn't it weird that that product was before it started getting introduced into foods in the 40s and 50s, it was used on uh pig farms to to fatten up pigs. That was wow. the primary use for that substance. And then we're like, hey, let's give this to kids.
2: Yeah, this is way cheaper than sugar. Let's do that. Um Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, I still remember the food pyramid when I was a kid and we were told you to have ten to twelve servings of bread every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> eat a whole
1: loaf of bread every fucking day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, it's at, so at least at least we don't sh- shove that down kids' throats anymore. So
1: yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, but the you know, that the government or the FDA released some uh, list of healthy foods a couple of months ago. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe fruity pebbles was ranked higher in nutrition than steak.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're actually coming out with a video about that. There's some there's some sensationalism there on that on that graph to that get that got shared. Mm. And I actually watched that that White House presentation. And there was a lot of things they said right we're finally getting away from like this hey, hey fat is terrible for mm-hmm. you that's it's not true <laughs> um and, and we're finally getting away from some of those nutritional misnomers but uh now that now the big one is uh red meat causes uh insulin resistance because of its effects on the pancreas which i looked at the studies on that and i'm like man there's no foundation here mm-hmm. and nothing that's concrete because you know you're you, you're taking and it's only man and you're like sitting there and you're like, well, what else do these men eat? Because mm-hmm. I, I imagine if they eat like substantial amount of red meat, they might not also have uh, a healthy rest of their diet, right? Sure, so yeah. I don't know, it kind of drives me nuts when when you get these crazy articles out there from one one way or the other. and It's like, you know, if, if you do a little bit of research, it, we don't know everything when it comes to nutrition yet, but mm-hmm. we've come a long way um, and we got to get away from this like, oh, HDL and LDL, like that's all that matters and how much fat you consume in your diet.
1: This episode of Citizen is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran operated and supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roasts, rounds, and delivery schedule anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. The best value you're going to get from Black Rifle Coffee is the coffee club. As again, you can choose the roast, whether you are like light, dark, or medium. You can choose the texture. You can choose whether you want uh, ground coffee, whether you want to grind it yourself and get whole bean, or if you use a Keurig and you want the coffee rounds and the delivery schedule with a wide uh, array of options for that. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, use the code CITIZEN and get 20% off your first order. This episode of CITIZEN is also brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Right now, Ghostbed is offering 40% off Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. If you get the uh, 40% off deal, if you use the 40% off bundle deal, you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff, your base, your sheets, your pillows, all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months. That's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best. The mattress protector, the weighted blanket. They have everything you need there. 30% off everything. Use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. Yeah, I mean, uh there was that um there was that German study on uh I think it was in 2015 by the NCBI about over-the-counter vitamins and things like that and how they just don't work. Um, But the follow-up to that study was the reason they don't work is because you're introducing a fibrous tablet to somebody without any lipids, without any fat, which is... uh, I I, I tell people this all the time. I just want people to know because you should be eating fat and you should be... When you take supplements, you should be taking fucking MCT oil or something with it. Otherwise, it's not doing anything. But the way this works is nutrients get into your bloodstream by being attached to lipid carriers. So fat carriers. And then they enter your bloodstream that way. If you just take a bunch of fucking vitamin D, it's not doing anything. You're just pissing it out. Same thing with B vitamins and all this other stuff. K all this stuff that you really need that we're, uh, we're and I, Americans are like 60% deficient on vitamin D right now, which is not great. Um, it affects almost everything. It It affects your gut health and your serotonin production. Um, you know, energy levels all this stuff it's fucked yeah um it's like if you're gonna cut two things out of your
2: diet it should be highly processed foods Mm. and it should be added sugars Mm. and you will feel 10 times better than you did even just doing that for a month
1: yeah all these um all these diseases that people like heart disease is the number one killer of americans um and, you know heart attack heart disease or heart attacks from heart disease um things like that diabetes is up there but it's like it, it makes sense it would have made sense in in caveman days to be like oh that's happening okay cool so maybe uh because this is a primary part of your diet the fats like the idea that fats are sticking to your uh 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 blood cells and shit like that or blood vessels is like, all right, that kind of makes sense, but we know that's not true. Well, it it is true to some degree, but it's the inflation of the, of the blood vessel caused by like simple sugars, mostly in processed foods that that really caused the problem. Yep. So some of this stuff is just like (laughs) exhausting to me, to be honest, just (laughs) trying to have these conversations with people. And the idea that it's, (laughs) it's so dumb it's like oh if you eat fat you'll get fat like why would you even think that that doesn't make any sense you know that's just- it's
2: just funny like I've always noticed it myself when I eat a high fat diet and that's a you know composition of the fat that's naturally occurring in meat and then also healthy fats that I you know I eat a lot of avocados mm-hmm. and things like that and it's like that always made me feel great right and I eat a lot of butter I eat a lot of cheese and that's mm-hmm. that's how I function the best and, you know, for the longest time, it's like, oh, man, you're, you're going to die from heart disease. It's like, I don't think so. I feel a lot worse when I, yeah. when I eat less of those foods and more carbs and less right. you know, so things. And things. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just funny how now we're catching up. And I was like, man, I was on to something a long time before most people were.
1: I really think people should um, take into account how they feel, you know. I mean, I, I see so many people... Eating, look, kale, whatever, fuck. Eat it if you want. But I see, like, people get delusional about this shit. They're, like, shoveling some something into their mouth. and like, oh, this is so good. I can see on your face that you don't like it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just be honest with yourself and eat some fucking bacon from, from time to time. All right, we've talked about food enough. Uh, no. I'm getting hungry now, so we got to move on to a different <laughs> conversation. Um, <clears throat> so – in preparation for this, uh, we sent you the list of principles, and um, the ones that you were interested in were 1, 10, and 11. So, one is I'll support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Give me, I mean, obviously, you know, being a former ranger and now being a business owner, you know, in a, in a small, or I'm not in a small, but in a Midwestern state, like I'm sure you've got quite a bit of perspective on this
2: yeah um yeah i think uh, what we've seen the last uh really 10 to 15 years has just been kind of crazy um you know I, I feel like what used to make us really great as americans was the fact that um you could be a democrat and i could be a republican but we could still sit down and have a dinner and even discuss some of the topics that make us different and instead of like personally attacking the other person it was just kind of an agreed to disagree deal And I I think that's kind of evaporating and now we're seeing um, some crazy stuff happen, um, mostly on, on the social media side, right? Where if you don't believe one pathway, you're, I mean, especially me as a business, that's incredibly important to be able to grow and thrive. And, uh, it's like, man, if you don't take these principles and have them jammed down your throat, um, you're in some trouble. So, uh, and then on the beef industry, I mean, that's an industry that's been under attack for the last 10 years as well. Um, and it's, it's one, you know, I'm willing to fight for So, uh, it, it, it's just, it's just interesting, this current political climate that that we've found ourselves in the last few years. Um, and I, I think instead of being, uh, silent, you know, you gotta start speaking up and, and doing it in a way that, uh, is kind, but firm.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the rising tide of authoritarianism, right. And it's, In in the same way that it's happened in every culture in human history, um, an aristocratic class convinces people that they're oppressing them for their own good. You know what what I mean? And then a a large group of people, for whatever reason, I don't know, dumbness, weakness, who knows, man, uh, maybe just out of convenience, accept that as a reality and... They become what I would call collaborators because if anybody's trying to reach into my pocket or tell me what to do, that's my enemy you know uh, and we see it all over the place it's not just you know even in i mean we, we the the Twitter file stuff has made the stuff going on at social media a lot more evident um, although I think we all had kind of a suspicion that shit was going on, but people like Adam Schiff were sending lists of three hundred people asking to get their accounts banned because. That he doesn't like them and shit like that like that's a fucking clear violation of the first amendment you know he's a government official instructing a private company to do something on behalf of the government that's that's a fucking clear violation of the first amendment
2: yeah and um yeah i, I see i feel like this is so much more prevalent and i feel like people just care less or i i, I don't know like where that comes from because you're like man it might be something you agree with right now that like hey i i want this hate speech or whatever it may be banned, Mm -hmm. but you know, you take the first amendment, the good and the bad. And if you get rid of half of it, uh, you know, it makes taking the other half pretty damn easy.
1: Sure. Yeah. And it's uh, a good rule of thumb typically is if you're going to create a weapon or an enforcement mechanism or whatever it is, um, imagine that thing or rule or whatever it is, uh, in the hands of your worst enemy, would you still want it to exist? Yeah. Right. Because that's, how, that's how quickly shit can go down. Um, yeah. what, what we've also found from Twitter files is that um, the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI in particular are using the Patriot Act to fuck with American citizens who are political dissidents, which is kind of fucked, right? I mean, that, this country is kind of built on being uh, uh, or saying, don't tell me what to fucking do. That's kind of yeah. our whole thing as a country, you know, and it ha- always has been. Um, but now, you know, we're seeing... The levers of government being leveraged against us in a yeah. way that that you know it was it was fine when it was fucking muslims from other countries that we were spying on but you know now and and it shouldn't have been right like that we should have it should have been very obvious that no matter how uh no matter how crazy or insane the situation was at the time making apparatuses like that is completely fucking unnecessary and unconscionable in a system of government like this yeah yeah, it's uh,
2: And I'm not sure what the fix is at this point, because, you know, unfortunately, I, I talk to the people that, you know, have done well in my personal and social circles. And I'm like, man, that's somebody I'd like to see run for politics, but they'll never do it because they don't believe in the system anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, So uh, something's got to change there, especially, you know, from our generation. Uh, we need some newer blood that 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 becomes decision makers uh, for this country. Uh, that don't sell out um, and stick up for what they believe in. But uh, maybe that's a a pipe dream. I don't know.
1: Maybe. I mean, you know, it's all the institutions that are that are especially federal institutions are completely corrupt at this point. I mean, the FBI got caught yesterday. Apparently, they've been um, they've been requesting the fingerprints of New York City teachers who refuse to get vaccinated. Why? Like what fucking possible reason could you want for that and how is that legal? You know, I don't I don't understand this. Um and the entire intelligence community, you know, they wrote <clears throat> sworn statements saying that everything is Russian disinformation and whatever. And we know that's all a lie now. Um so yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm, I'm not my, my my thought is that yeah. we're probably going to have to um we're probably going to have to create our own local internal infrastructure and then start the process of nullification, probably like, you know, build our own communities, have our own sources of financing and food. And when they come looking for tax dollars, tell them to go fuck themselves. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I think the thing I I miss the most, Dan, is like when politicians would actually work towards having a balanced budget, (laughs) it's like, man, that's just out the window these days. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it's going to be my kids that end up paying for that. Um, And that just breaks my heart to think about them not being able to to be raised in a country that that was uh, even remotely resembles where where I was born and raised. Well, I mean,
1: we're paying for it right now, right? This inflation is because 80% of all U.S. currency was printed in the last 24 months. That's a fact. Like, how fucked up is that? And and to solve this debt crisis, it doesn't – the idea of reducing the budget doesn't even come up. Just like, oh, no, we just, we'll, we'll, we'll print a $1 trillion bill and that'll be it. Like, okay, so you're going to dilute our currency by $1 trillion. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how, <laughs> maybe we should have been teaching people about finance and economics in high school instead of fucking calculus. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. now everybody's dumb as shit. They don't know anything about how uh, economics work at all, unless you have a specialized degree or just gone out of your way to research that shit. You probably don't know. And it's, you know, for a long time, it just wasn't your fault because that's how schools were. But in, in this day and age, I kind of feel like you got to go out of your way to find out shit because we're we're kind of on the downslope now.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I think that it's just funny because the, the right and the left that represent us nowadays, there, there is no compromise. And the only time there is compromise is when it results in more spending. And it's like, man, I'm sitting over here like, let's compromise on some things to where we can do less with the federal government. That's what I'd like to see.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but I wouldn't count on that. I mean, the, yeah. the, the purpose, like said, right? yeah. yeah, the purpose of government has become not to serve the people, but to just perpetuate its own existence at this point. You know what I mean? So they'll do anything to stay in power. They have to.
2: Yeah. And it's just, I always love the, uh, the argument against term limits. It's like, they're all such a sham i'm like you you this should not be a place where you build wealth it should be a place that you serve after you build wealth Mm -hmm. or if you don't care about earning wealth it's something you do as a civil service um it's not something that you should do as a long-term career but that's just my humble opinion
1: no that's not uh I, i i i the some of the rebuttals to that i've heard actually one of the rebuttals i've heard like your thoughts on this um a guy I used to know, he was a fucking hardcore lefty, but he said that if we did that, then government would become super inefficient because those, the new people would always have to be getting trained on how to operate everything. Like, okay, cool, man. More inefficient than now? Really? And, and if that's the case, when, when something's inefficient, the natural response is to reduce its size, right? That's how we do that in life. That, that's, I guess, the natural. Every time we try to outsmart how fucking things work, It seems like we just fuck ourselves over you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like the idea that you're entitled to something at all in life it's like no dude there's no there's no you don't have a right to food or water or electricity or medicine or any of that shit you have to fucking work for everything you have that's how it's supposed to work and when you tell people that they have a right and entitlement to these things then the they don't see the connection between their effort and getting those things anymore. And then people start putting forth effort and those things go away. That's how that works.
2: I heard an interesting theory about this the other day that, um, it was actually from an FBI agent. We we're, we we're, we we're talking and his, cause I, I kind of asked him like, where, where do you think, how do you think we got here? And his, his response was, uh, that Us as human beings, we weren't designed to spend as much time as we do contemplating our existence, right? (laughs) We were meant to be out there hunting and gathering and producing food and and uh, taking care of our families, and and now we just have so much free time, uh, and we don't see that as a blessing. We we take that internal and we're using it to kind of like just pick apart everything that's happening in the world, Uh, and I just don't think we were absorb. We were meant to absorb as much information, especially on social media where mm. you're just getting, you know, dopamine hit after dopamine hit. We just weren't absorbed. Our brains weren't made to handle that. And uh, I think it's probably one of the biggest detriments to everything we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's, you know, the, it, what it shows you is that just like a fucking cheetah, who's the primary responsibility of a cheetah is to find food. That's all. That's all it cares about is finding food and protecting its young. If it's a female, um, and obviously feeding the the children as well. But everything in nature has a purpose. And, you know, look, sometimes purpose changes, you go through different stages in life, or we as a species are going through different stages. Certainly, we can spend some of our free time doing some constructive shit, like all the people who were, you know, incapable of dealing with certain things. Now we have some people that have a little more free time. We can go help those guys out. That's kind of what we do, you know, as human beings. Um, But it's, you know, I, I I speak on the vet suicide and and, uh, issue quite a bit. And one of the things that I see is that which we we've misdiagnosed and mistreated this issue as about as badly as you possibly could have you know what i mean you're you're looking at um dudes like us who were fucking you know fucking jumping out of planes and shooting people in the face and shit running around crazy but at 19 20 25 responsible for other human beings lives which is not normal you know and then we come back a little fucked up and the response is to pat us on the back, We're like, "Oh, it's going to be okay, buddy." It's like, no, that's not what I want to hear. I'm not. I'm not a child, and I'm not a woman. No offense to women, but we we process things differently. We don't want to be comforted as men. We want to fucking be given new purpose. That that's how you get a guy out of that bullshit. It's like a lot of these uh, a lot of these programs are built on that coddling mindset, and they're built on the idea that uh, if you reestablish connection with your old buddies that now you've got somebody to lean on, but I don't think that's it. I think when you reestablish with your buddies, you remember that other people are leaning on you and you suck it up and you fucking get back to work. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, it's a big problem in the veteran community. And it almost feels like uh what I've seen, you know, cause we, we try to exclusively hire veterans. Right. Um, and what I've seen is, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you're you're told when you exit the military that you should have PTSD or survivors guilt or mm. depression or the other long latitude of different diagnoses that that the VA provides for. us um and I just don't think that's true. Uh I think the things you experience in combat if you have the right perception about it uh can make you an indomitable force mm-hmm. in the civilian world because Instead of looking at a scenario and being like that's impossible or um, this is too hard or um, thinking in your mind that this situation's life or death, it, it's just not true, right? Because we we've, we've already done those things. Um, and so, uh, you know, when you're when you're a business owner and you're like, oh man, this is gonna this is gonna wreck my business, it's like, well, well. Fuck it. You know, I, I, I gave it my all and I still have my family. I still have my health. I still have the things I actually give a shit about. Um, and, you know, that's what I love about this company is uh, it provided purpose. Right. And until I had that, I, I went through the same struggles. Uh, but, you know, I feel like that's a that's a piece of the the pie that a lot of veterans are missing is that purpose post-military that actually brings in fulfillment.
1: Sure, and the way we the the current way we treat it, even now after twenty fucking years of this shit, the way we treat it is the way that, you know, a dumb parent treats it, to be honest. It's like a child falls down and you rush over to make sure they're okay instead of just being like, get up, kid. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're gonna get two very different responses from that child. If you rush over, they're going to get whatever attention dopamine hit it is from the attention and yeah. they're gonna fucking milk it. That's just how it is, man. It's not like a fucking... It's not a, a criticism. That's just how human beings operate. Like, the the way the people closest to us behave toward us and treat us and feel about us matters. It matters to us deeply in a, in a way that we can't fucking really put into words sometimes, and... That's a responsibility, man. It's a responsibility to treat these people, and not just in a way that you think is right or that you think is fair or nice or whatever bullshit, but in a way that's effective, that makes their life better. You know what I mean? And yeah. the 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 way that you get treated on your way out of the military right now teaches you in the same way that millennials and the zennial generation now, the Gen Z people, are being taught to catastrophize everything. It's like, oh, it's okay to be... It's okay to be sad, you know, you deserve it or whatever the fuck. It's like, yeah, I guess, man, but you still got shit to do. Like get the fuck off your ass and do some shit. What the what are you even talking about? What why what kind of loser bullshit is it to tell somebody like, "Oh man, yeah, life's not fair, so I guess just, you know, we'll we'll pretend like being fat is healthy now." Why not? You know what I mean? It's fucking stupid. And not to my point before. Not only is it stupid, but it accomplishes the uh, a goal that is diametrically opposed to the goal that you're actually trying to accomplish, which is resilience. You know what I mean? That's the whole fucking point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I remember when I was getting out of the military, I had some civilian guy, I think he might've done like three years in the air force or something. And he came and presented and he, he had us raise our arms. If you were combat arms and he's like, cool. The two jobs you can do post military is be a police officer or a contractor. And then, almost immediately after that as uh, when i was working on having my military schools transferred to college credits mm. right uh, the one i had to laugh at was ranger school and it counted as like six p.e credits or something <laughs> like that right and i'm sitting there and i'm like man we are so fucked up with our perception of like the these amazing opportunities mm. like to be able to go to ranger school it's it's one of the best leadership mm. schools in the world yeah because it, it deprives you of all human comfort, creature comforts, and then sees how you perform as a leader. Um, and I just remember like leaving that. And I was like, man, like, I, I guess I'll go like apply to be a contractor because that's all mm. I can do. And, um, you know, I, I talk about that experience frequently because I think it's important for these veterans that are transitioning right now to here is like, it's not true. You can go be a titan in industry. Mm. You can go do whatever the hell you want because you've already conquered uh, some of the toughest challenges in the world.
1: Yeah, and if you're, uh, you know, even f- from my experience especially, but I-, I know this to be true of others. Um, it's very easy to take on student loan debt, yeah, but not easy to take on business debt for some reason. You know, like I, you're, you're, you're giving me something that has maybe some potential value, I guess, versus something yeah. that has a very real and immediate value to me and something that I personally own and. and We tell 18 19 year old kids like yeah you can take on 100 grand in debt for college but not for a business you know what i mean it's fucked up it it just doesn't the, the the whole thing is set up to make sure that you're uh on the tit you know that you have to come back to mommy and daddy for for lunch money that's that's what it really is all about
2: well it was funny i i was asked to speak to the sba subcommittee um and they had four or five different uh organizations i think one was the whatever the veteran organization is that's supposed to help out veteran business owners Mm -hmm. where i'm not even really sure what they do um the the other was another affiliate for women-owned businesses and there was a third that i'm drawing a blank on but you know i sit through the beginning first hour where they they do their you know 30 20 to 30 minute speeches on like here's how much money we're asking for from Uh, the federal government to fund our programs and it was anywhere north of 10 to 50 million dollars right and uh they asked for my opinion as like uh i hate to call myself an expert witness because i don't know what the hell i'm talking about most of the time but i i do like to think i have common sense and you know i kind of recounted my story of like man I utilize all of these resources of the people sitting at this community and they're worth nothing, right? And there's plenty of free advice out there for business owners or entrepreneurs when you're trying to get started, but there's no capital. Mm -hmm. I remember going to uh, the USDA and trying to take a loan out from them. And I think I was asking for like 250,000 when I was uh, starting the company. And uh, he's like, Who collateral do you have? I'm like, I don't have anything. Like I got, you know, twenty thousand dollars that <laughs> that that is tied up in my home and a mm. couple other things. And they are like, oh, okay. Well you yes, ask for two hundred and fifty, we'll give you ten. I was like, Oh, thanks. That's enough money to hang myself trying to
1: sure, this yeah, business. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and it's it's the same way with the, every single bank. I mean, it took us four years of operating and, and some substantial growth before we could get somebody to invest. And so that was my my feedback was like instead of instead of more money towards programs like this, that really just don't do anything. Uh, there need to be some, some things out there to help people that have good ideas. They want to start a business. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how, that's how we succeed in the future. Uh, entrepreneur, entre, entrepreneurism has been dropping at you know 20 to 30% per year for the last 10 years in America. And eventually we're not going to be the leader for innovation because nobody can afford to come up with their good ideas.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, something like 800,000 to a million privately owned businesses closed during the lockdowns forever closed forever and will never reopen that's no. that's a million Americans right whose family life savings they're all gone just gone yeah. and that business that created revenue in the community is all gone as well and i never understood why like <clears throat> the the VA backed home loan and the GI bill are two things that are primarily that and women entering the workforce but two things that are primarily responsible for the creation of the middle class in America you know what i mean and it's because yeah. you bet on your people our our america's greatest resource will always be its people because the people have historically organized around the idea that if you work hard enough, you can make some shit happen, right? That's a good fucking attitude to have. And it's a good investment to make to give a person with that general idea that has a specific business idea a little bit of help to do that because it makes everybody better around, you know what I mean?
2: Yep. No, you're you're spot on.
1: I just don't get it. I don't get it. So that'll lead into the next one is uh, I'll place virtue above Commerce, my effort toward the public good will always trump my effort towards my own good. Tell me how you guys do that at your business and how you personally kind of, you know, fit that into your daily life.
2: Yeah. um, So transparency has been huge since I started the company. Uh, And, you know, it's probably good good that I was naive, like when I started uh, getting into being a business owner or else I'm not sure I would have done it. But um, it's tough to keep your nose clean and and, uh, do the right thing in business. Uh, especially as you grow there's always plenty of opportunities out there to do the wrong thing and screw somebody over um, and so it, it, it's always been important to me uh, to try to take care of folks um, whether it's employees or customers and, and asking myself you know am i doing the right thing because the other side of that is people are always trying to screw you over <laughs> as a business owner uh, so you can't you can't be a damn pushover either but um you know i i think integrity is something we pride ourselves on and you know a uh, perfect example is during the pandemic, uh, both UPS and FedEx um, suspended their money back guarantee for for customers or for businesses that they mm. that, that ship with them. Right, so um, we lost roughly about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of product during the pandemic, during a year when I couldn't find any more product to to mm. replace that. Right, and uh, UPS and that FedEx tell us to kick rocks for not getting any of the money back, uh, and so we, we did ourselves and we refunded customers. We reshit the product. Um, and it's always funny when we have a pretty fiery operations guy that, that handles some of the contact us emails. And so we'll get some customers. It's like, you guys are pieces of shit. You can't even get our product to us on time. And you know, he'll, he'll fire right back at him just, uh, because it, we, I pulled up uh, FedEx's 10 K after that first quarter of the pandemic. And, uh, they had done more in profit in one quarter of 2020 than they did in the entirety of 2019. And, uh, we actually won second, um, second place for small business of the year Mm. in 2020. So we got, we got a $30,000 check from them. The next day I I canceled our account. We switched over to UPS. Um, but one of the other things that came out of that was, uh, they gave me the opportunity to speak to their, their C-suite level executives. And it was me, uh, there's a me and four other um, winners. Mm-hmm. And the, all the winners go around and they tell FedEx what a great partner they are and yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, I can't keep my mouth shut. And I told, told them everything I just told you, mm-hmm. right? And I told them we switched to UPS the day after we got the check. And uh, that honestly, they took terrible care of us uh, on reimbursing us for something that's mm-hmm. clearly their fault. And it's just funny because all the other people on the call, Uh, all the other winners are, you know, sending me private chats, like, Oh my God, I'm so glad somebody said it. And it's like, yeah, speak your mind, especially when it comes to these other businesses, these huge, huge corporations that have been around for 30 to a hundred years and tell them like, Hey, you guys in your ivory tower, you're doing a shitty job and it's going to result in the end of your business.
1: Yeah. I mean the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right. That's part of it. And the other part of it is, you know, I don't think it's a great idea to try to hold somebody responsible for some shit that you haven't made them aware of first. That's like some weird, uh, uh, um, passive aggressive relationship bullshit. Isn't it? It's like, well, (laughs) I thought you thought this and I was pissed off. So that's why I did this. Like, why didn't you just fucking ask me dude? Or why didn't you say something? And I, look, I made that mistake a bunch of times in my life, but for a major publicly traded company to be doing that shit, that seems a little problematic, especially one that's, so uh necessary for private industry like shipping companies are pretty necessary for for private industry you know what i mean just having good relationships with them um and it's you know when you're again that's why i say i I like for my customer, i like for my boss to be the customer because one they're going to be super honest with me like the customer doesn't have a problem leaving a review you know what i mean they're going to tell me exactly what's wrong and look you filter through the the anger you know because who fucking cares but get the substance out of it and fix your shit you know that's a that's probably a good idea to do that but when your customer is your board you're fucked i don't like that shit you know what i mean it just it seems to be like it seems to from the vast there's there's exceptions but it seems to be uh a death blow to a lot of companies like the product immediately goes downhill when that happens
2: yeah it's always profit first which you know, it might be good for short-term gains, but it's bad for your long-term, long your longevity of the
1: company. Well, yeah, unless you're running a cartel, right? And and all these yeah. these these large American companies, and that, the ph- uh, pharmaceutical companies, and media companies, and social media companies, and things like this, um, that are they're effectively cartels because you have to go to them for their service, and not only that, the government's backing them at the same time, right? And uh, yeah. not only backing them, but buying their services as well, which bolsters, you know, the the size of their company and their influence. It's like, yeah. how do you, how do you as a private citizen fight back against some shit like that?
2: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough question. Um,
1: sure. The last one before we get out of here is uh, I'll live a life worth dying for. I get a lot of different answers from this, even from people who are in the military, but uh, I wonder what your perspective on that is.
2: No, I think uh, probably yeah, hands down, my biggest loss when I was in the military, I, I had a, a brother-in-law who, you know, was married to my sister, and he's the whole reason I chose to go to Ranger Regiment, and he got killed on my, my first appointment, and so him and I used to talk quite frequently about, like, hey, post-service, let's start some kind of company hmm. together, um, and I think about him all the time, and, you know, I've watched, his, his son was six months old when he was killed, and, you know, I've been able to watch him grow into adolescence, he's 12 now, and um, and it's always a reminder for me. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here staring at the screensaver of him and him and I, um, just, to, you know, I, I, always think of the, I forget how the adage goes, right. Uh, what would you want people to say at your funeral? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think about that every day. And I try to think about that with my actions. Uh, you're not going to make everybody happy, especially as a business owner. Um, but I always try to think about, um, how do I take care of people and not just think about uh, money. So,
1: yeah i mean live your life uh in a way that that honors the sacrifice that allowed you to get there maybe is a good yeah, idea I that,
2: yeah well when i meet them on the other side i you know i don't want them to be like hey man you're you're a piece of shit You yeah the rest of the
1: time you're on this planet sure
2: uh you know i want to sit down and drink a beer and talk mm-hmm. about some of the good times
1: for sure, sure. sure yeah and it goes back to what i said before about um about healing with purpose. You know what I mean? It's like if I got clipped over there, I, I certainly don't want people fucking sitting around whining about my death. You know what I mean? It doesn't do any good for anybody. I'm dead, dude. And it's, there's nothing to be done about it at this point. Um, and I think it's a very useful thing to be able to, you know, think about good. I mean, the person was important to you. There's a reason for it. You know what I mean? It's because you loved and respected that person. There were the qualities that they had, Made you love and respect them, which which is important. So, how do I fucking honor that? How do I what what can I do with my life yeah. um, to to make sure that that person would be proud of me? You know what I mean? Not not right. that you are necessarily worried about pride from a dead person or whatever the fuck, but it's it's a good north star. Like, am I doing the right shit right now? Because it's it's hard to tell sometimes if you are doing the right thing because. We all have egos. We all get emotional and shit like that and do dumb shit from time to time. You get wrapped up in the day-to-day bullshit of life and, and, you know, stop performing all your responsibilities sometimes. And you got to jump back in there and get back to it. But, you know, it isn't, there's no, there's no rule book for all this stuff. We're just all kind of figuring shit out in life. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good to have a North star like that somewhere to fucking focus yourself. Cause if you're heading nowhere, you're going to get there. Yeah. Quickly. Well, cool, man. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share with the audience before we get out of here?
2: Um, no, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Uh, um,
2: you want to find out more about us? Check us out on the uh, social media that we talked about how we hate. uh <laughs> Casey Cattle Company. Um, CaseyCattleCompany.com if you want to check out our products and read more about us.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good information on your website about uh, what Wagyu is exactly, where it comes from, and stuff like that. I think that's You know, half of this half of any business like this is educating the public on what what stuff is, because, you know, it's like (laughs) marketing companies do a pretty good job of making up bullshit for like the word homemade on a can is that makes no fucking sense to me Uh, or 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 Hardy. What the fuck does that even mean? It's like marketing companies make shit up.
2: Some of the loopholes on some of the, the label claims too. People should definitely do some research about that. So,
1: like what? You have any examples of that before? Yeah, go? like
2: uh, look up uh, the regulations on like what what it means to be cage free. Um, if you saw some of those houses, uh chicken houses, you uh, you're not going to be that impressed. Let's just put it that way.
1: Mm, interesting. I never knew about that. Yeah,
2: cage free, pasture raised, grass fed, and, and it's crazy. Uh, it, it's people, like
1: they just have to spend a certain amount of time in that environment, but uh, the rest of the time they can be in a fucking barn somewhere, like just yeah, caged up. People. That's stupid. Yeah. Um. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you coming today. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Yeah, and uh, you guys go check out KC Um, they've got good meat. I bought it before. It's really good. Uh, and look, I appreciate you coming today. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Thank you all for listening as well. This has been.